In this, the 179th episode of the Juice Box Podcast, I'll be speaking with Ryan. Diagnosed as an adult, Ryan grew up with a mom who he said, and I'm quoting, we all knew mom had a condition. But he didn't really know what that condition was early on. He knows now. This episode of the podcast is titled Behind the Cheese, and it is sponsored today by Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. I would very much like you to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or dancing for diabetes. That's the number four. All these links are available in the show notes of your podcast player at juiceboxpodcast.com, or hopefully after all this time in your memory. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before being bold with insulin. And now, on to the show. My name is Ryan. Um, I uh, was diagnosed with type 1 uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. It was right before New Year's Eve 2016. Um, And uh, I'm 27 years old, uh, so I'm toward the uh, later in life of spectrum of what uh, of, 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 of diagnosis as I've learned um, but I've not been a stranger to type 1 my whole life my mom has had type 1 so it was in my family um, but and as I think we'll probably get into it it was in my family but it was a secret and it was a very we had it was a, a large stigma around it and so I um, I kind of sort of knew we had it but never was really exposed to it um, and so that all changed of course when I was diagnosed but um, so, uh, but then I, I'm a huge podcast lover. So found your podcast, uh, found your podcast, Scott, and, and, and immediately dove in, listened to, binge listened to everything. I think everybody tells you the same story. Binge listened to everything I didn't listen to and listen to it going forward. Um, and, uh, my mom and I listen together, uh, now. So that, uh, so it, it's been a real, it's been a real change, uh, now that I've started listening and about, about six months ago and. I'm got my bold T-shirt, and I'm a I'm a I'm a convert. Let me try to sort it out a little bit. So you're 27. You're diagnosed when you're 26, but your mom would we can we share your mom's age just for? Yeah, she's uh, uh she's uh, in mid 50s. Okay, so your mom. Okay, wow. So everybody, you guys, are, I'm on the East Coast too. You're you're all go getters. You're 27. You're married. Um, it, your your mom was like having babies in her 20s. Like like you know, <laughs> no one no one relaxes on the East Coast. They're just like no, go go no. go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you you grew up 27 years with a mom who had type 1 diabetes the entire time was she did she have diabetes when you were born yes uh yeah she was diagnosed when she was 16 so back back in the dark ages as, as they say um but yeah um yeah and and i i would say so for 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 most of my life I, we, my, we always knew that mom had a condition you know she she you know she she had syringes that you'd see every now and then and we but it, it was it was not discussed in the house um, and I, I think that was, it, it was less so her, um, it, it was less so that, you know, I, I don't think it had anything to do with our ability to absorb it. You know, mm-hmm. certainly we would have been supportive and caring in, in any way. Um, but the way my mom describes it is that her treatment throughout her whole life has always been, uh, very negatively focused on her. And she had lots of bad endos who, blamed her for her a1c's and you know people always looking at her well why are you eating what you're eating or why are you doing what you're doing and it's always casting a negative shadow and so i think that she was trying to her her, her defense mechanism was to hold that all in yeah um but um it, it was really only till i was on the hospital bed when my blood sugar was six to seven hundred when i got diagnosed that we really started talking about her her her, her diabetes which is amazing do you think that because of the the experience she had growing up with it and how she was treated that when she was finally in control of her life, the one decision she was able to make about it is I'm not talking about this anymore. And, and because I, I guess probably the conversation around her diabetes was so negative the entire time that maybe she just didn't want that around you guys. You know what I mean? Like maybe that's the only way she knew how to talk about it or I don't know. Like I know you want her to come on and she's a little nervous about it. Um, and you wanted to, guys wanted to do it together. The technology doesn't allow for a three-way, sadly. But that is, it's interesting. So maybe we'll, we'll hold off and 
uh, hey, Ryan's mom, we'll get you on here someday. You'll be okay, right? <laughs> oh, she's listening. She's uh, definitely listening. So, um, so, but, but, but it's okay. But your perspective, you're growing up with a mother who has type 1 diabetes, and you don't really know much about it, and you don't see much about it. Like, right. did, did you physically, like, did you like, cognitively understand that she had type 1, or, or was it as simple as mom sometimes uses a needle for things? Uh, it, it was, it was mom sometimes uses a needle for things. Uh, there'd be these scary looking glass things in the fridge, mm-hmm. but they were always like behind the cheese and, you know, all the way in the back of that drawer, you know, you, it wasn't like out, like it's either in my fridge, you know. Ryan, um, this episode's going to be called behind the cheese in case you're wondering, but keep, <laughs> be, keep going. <laughs> wow. We got an episode title in the first, the first, uh, first couple minutes. of minutes. Yeah. You, you, you whipped it right out. Thank you very much. So, so we, but see, this is fascinating. Like, I don't know, it, I'm sure it seems fairly normal to you and probably less so now that you're diagnosed, but I mean, that's in my life, we don't hide things like that. Like there's, there's nobody keeping secrets. I hope not. I mean, or maybe they are and I don't know, but, uh, but, but secrets like that aren't kept. Um, and so, and so she's doing so because she's injecting, she's, she probably was getting low at times, you know, she probably oh, yeah. felt sick from being high at times and none of that ever came out. Can I ask you at any point as you got older, did you think your mom was a drug user? Did it ever occur to you as you were like hitting your teens? Like, I think mom like is using or no, in, no. in my, in my teens, I think in, in my teens and as I, as I came closer to, you know, as I was in high school and about leaving for college, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know it was diabetes. You figured it, it out it, yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, but, but I, I didn't know what type of diabetes it was. I didn't, I, and, and to be fair, I didn't know much about diabetes myself. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, you know, she would inject and always had candy in the car as a kid. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there was always like always candy in the car, like mom's will- too, like candy corn. Ryan's mom's Willy Wonka. Uh, which is <laughs> yeah. our backup and, title. Uh, and, but, but <laughs> what I learned is, and then what I've learned since then is that, you know, when she was on regular and she was on these other insulins, which are much less, less predictable, you know, she just never knew where she would be. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and in that case there, what she was always taught, what she untaught me was that, um, high is better than low that like always be high. And you'll be fine. And so you didn't, did you, um, I'm guessing, but because she was doing that, did you ever have an emergency situation with her as a child? And do you have brothers and sisters, I guess? Uh, I do. I've got two brothers. Uh, they're younger and they're, they're identical twins. Um, and uh, uh, so um, speaking of, speaking of which, we're, one of them is doing trial net. And so we're, we're interested to see, you know, if, if one, if one, if they both do trial net and I wonder if they're going to have the same results. So just something. Yeah, that is interesting. interesting. I'm just wondering if you guys were ever driving oh. around as kids and you're like, mom is so much fun when she drives, she swerves back and forth. And, um, or did no. you guys never, you never had anything like that. So she was really keeping her blood sugar high to, to try to safeguard you guys. Um, dad in the yeah. house, you, you're were they married? Your parents married? Yep. 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 And my dad's a doctor. So, you know, he was always, helping her be proactive about it. Do you think your dad had interactions with her like insulin and things like that? Or was he just more about like, do you, can you say what kind of doctor he was? No, but I, but I oh, um, okay. he's a so, okay. so not, no, nothing to do with insulin. Um, but, uh, but, but he's, he's very, he, he's very aware. And I think would, he'd help her make decisions, but you know, but, um, but, but not, you know, she, she was in control. Um, uh, I, I think that there was, there was always this feeling that, whether it be, you know, people in her life or doctors or things that it, it, the way she describes it to me and is that she could never do it right. Um, and I, I now having struggled with this for a year, I, I understand how you could feel that. And that's the worst feeling in the world because you can, you can do everything quote unquote, right. You know, I've got a Dexcom and an Omnipod. I, I, I'm fiddling, I'm, I'm bumping and nudging and fiddling and, calculating all day i still you know even we all still have crappy days oh, so sure. but to do that and then and then have a doctor tell you you're the problem mm-hmm. that's that's tough yeah no kidding because you have no tools whatsoever no real understanding no direction and guidance and then it doesn't go perfectly which it never was going to in that situation yeah and then the last thing that you hear is it's because you didn't do something right and you can't even imagine what that might may or may not be like, right. like that's that's always the when I when I speak to people, even privately, is one of the things that like is so overwhelmingly 
obvious when you start talking to people right away is that they want to do it right. It's not that they don't want to. It's just that no one's ever explained what, you know, what that looks like. And you stop and wonder, do they not explain it because they don't know either? And, and, and then if that's the case, like what would lead a doctor then to blame you if they don't even know? It's just, it's, <laughs> right, right. it's fascinating. Like, yeah. well, someone's got to be at fault here. It's not going to be me. Um, you know, so they, so they lay it on you, which is maybe the worst thing in the world. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your diagnosis. How did it present? Spend two minutes today finding out about a little organization that does a lot of good for children living with diabetes. Go to dancingfordiabetes.com. Just scroll down and look at the smiling faces. That's all I want you to do. Dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. That's it. Simple. You can do that. Tell me a little bit about your diagnosis. How did it present? Uh, so classic story. I um, uh, was losing a lot of weight, which was, uh, uh, so I, I got down, really noticed a lot of weight loss and um, very, very thirsty. So I started drinking everything in sight, which, and then, you know, me thinking I'm losing all this weight and I'm so thirsty, what should I drink? Well, regular soda, of course, because <laughs> I want to get those calories back. Right? I need I more get... calories. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, here, so, so uh, that did wonders for my blood sugar. Um, and then, so, you know, I just, a uh, combination of a lot of things. And then um, I think what, what, what brought it to a head was being up all night, drinking, 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 and then as a 27-year-old, wetting the bed. Um, because you can't control yourself from drinking so much, which is, I guess, embarrassing to uh, say on a podcast, but, but I think everybody on this show understands. And um, so I thought it was a UTI. So went in for a UTI, got a blood test um, that, you know, took a day. So they sent me home and whatever. I didn't think about that. Drank more of my regular soda. And then um, I was like, something is not right. I was just feeling really crappy. And so I went to urgent care where they just as a routine did a finger prick and I was I don't, remember, I don't remember my exact number. I should have taken a, a phone picture of it, but I think I was like high 600s, low 700s, and they were like, up oh, to the emergency room. Just like that. And, and, and at that moment, did you think, I have what mom has? Like, how, when does that connection happen? The, the moment they brought it out, because, because so my wife, and, and I, 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 I can't speak highly enough of both my mom and my wife, how supportive they've both been. Um, and uh, so my wife is, she, of course, she's Googling away. And, you know, this is 2017. So we're Googling, 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 Googling and yeah. putting everything together. And, you know, and, and um, so she had mentioned diabetes early on. And, of course, my reaction was, yeah, no, you know, it's, I, you know, my mom does have it. Yeah, but, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm skeptical. And then sure enough, when I saw the number, I was like, that's, you know. It must have been horrifying when they came at you with that meter. You, that must have been the moment where you thought, "Oh, it, yeah." It was. Yeah. It was, and actually, you know what? The the now that I, I remember, the urologist who I first went to for thinking it was a UTI mm -hmm. said, "You know, oh, this really does sound a lot like diabetes. Do you have diabetes in your family?" And I, I kind of shrugged her off. I was like, "Yeah, I do, but no, nah, you know, this is." Nah, you know. Not the kind that Ryan gets. Yeah, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have a UTI. Let's stick with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's much easier. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. want the other thing. The other right. thing, it messes with the butter in the refrigerator, and you don't understand where this is going to go, buddy. I, I, <laughs> so did they put you in the hospital? They did. They did, yeah. And, uh, and so um, uh, I have, I have a, a, another condition. Uh, I, I have epilepsy as well, which okay. is I actually developed epilepsy and diabetes within the same year. Uh, so that's, um, and so I, I had a relationship at a hospital in New York, um, with a few doctors. And so I, I went there, I took myself there. Um, and, um, they kept me for a few hours just with fluids. They said that that was like the latest standard of care. I did find out afterwards though, that they, they shouldn't have sent me home that like they, they sent me home. I think I was like 300 and they said, well, you'll get your Atlantis in the morning. Okay. I was told they should they shouldn't have done that. Uh, but you had insurance, Ryan, or were they trying to get you out of there? What was going on? No, I had insurance. Okay. I had insurance. Yeah, no, my, my whole family was there. We, we could have we would have been there. Hung out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but then you know, but then you know, I, I think this is is a challenge. I think of uh, what my experience was that then then the next step is okay. We need to get an appointment with an endocrinologist. Okay, how's like how's three months from now? Like how's next? How's, how's Tuesday from you know Tuesday three months from now? Really? Like, 
Yeah, and and I guess just maybe in Manhattan it, it was busy, or the people who took my insurance was busy. But um, I ended up seeing a GP to to get you know some initial prescriptions, and then um, I got into an endocrinologist a few weeks later. Yeah, so they just it's well, I mean, for people who don't live in or have ever visited Manhattan, the the level of, uh, you know, I don't want to be too fit 1950s, but the level of hustle and bustle in, in New York is, is unlike almost anywhere else in the world. And, and if you are stuck in one of those situations where you don't know what to ask for for yourself, you could easily get hustled through. You, you know, like, and, and so you basically went and found a, an insulin and needle dealer until you could get with your uh, until you could get with an endocrinologist. So the GP sets you up with what they give you. They give you pens or ins- uh, 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 pens. Uh, I started with pens, um, and and you could so so and and thankfully I had my my mom was my endo through this because she you know she was living with this well, and so. Um, uh, I, I had that benefit of I, I never I always had like an on call person to ask. Um, and so exactly, he was our dealer and mm-hmm. he gave me pens and just until I could see the endocrinologist and get myself set up. So how does your mom manage right now? What is she doing? Well, when you were diagnosed, how was she managing? So when I was diagnosed, we, uh, we were both on injections, um, and, uh, both Lantus and Novolog, just the standard basal bolus. And then I, I actually, in my email to if you remember Scott, uh, Scott, my email to you, I said, my diagnosis was the best thing that ever happened to her. Because you know, she, as opposed to now have hiding it, she embraced it, and she ran and got a Dexcom and an Omnipod faster than me. She was like, boom, out of the gate, you know. And she she like she immediately started really at, at trying to help me. Um, so she she then got an Omnipod and a Dexcom around the same time, a little about a, a month or two after I got diagnosed, and I got on the them. Uh, a few months after that. It's not surprising. We really do talk about it all the time. We, you know, in the last episode that, you know, will be months ago by the time yours is on. But, you know, that idea that when it's you, when it, as the parent, when you have a health issue, you're like, I'll be okay. And the minute it's your kid, you're like, oh, we we need to fix this. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything. And so your mom is a pretty much a 40-year type one by the time you're diagnosed, if not yep. pretty close, yep. right? And I really am giving away that I'm actually not bad at math, but, but then, uh, <laughs> it's another joke you, just ruined, right? No, <laughs> and no, so, and, and, <laughs> no and, and regular listeners will know that you're actually really good at math. Yeah, I just pretend that I don't know because it's more <laughs> fun. But, but the, but the point is, is, so she's 40 years with diabetes doing injections and then her son gets type one and she's like, okay, well I better ramp this up so I can be a good I don't know, leader for him. Maybe I want to, maybe she's trying to put together a good example. Maybe she wants to figure it out so that she can help you with it. Like who knows why, but it's a parenting instinct that looked like it kicked in right away, but then it, it ends up benefiting her too. Um, it was amazing. Um, you know, everything got better for her and me. And I think it, it just, it, it took her out of the place I think she was in for 40 years, which was, you know, we don't talk about it. Don't feel bad for me into like now at Christmas this year, like it's all we talked about. It's like, who's got a better line uh, for the linguini? You know, like that, like that was what we talked about. And I that, think, and, well, Ryan, like, did you have kids of your own? No, okay. no, I'm married just two years. Okay. Right? Yeah. Please don't sit. It's not time. Trust me. And so, <laughs> um, but, but my point, my point is, I guess with that is that, he, you know, she, she does all this and now she's talking about it even I yeah. think I think what I'm hearing is I think there's sort of two kinds of people, right? There are people who grew up maybe sometimes don't have great great family lives or great situations as kids and they either replicate that and and they become that thing or they or they they fight against it and they go the other way a lot of times. And it it feels to me like your mom just did not want you to have the same she doesn't want you to have the same experience with diabetes that she had. She always says that. Yep, you're right. You're spot on. Because of the Omnipod insulin pump, a few days ago I had this thought. Arden was sleeping, and her pump needed to be changed. It was just time. I thought, I think I can do it while she's sleeping. And I would have gotten away with it too. But one of those dogs over there barked at something going on outside as I was entering Arden's room. My point is, after over a decade using the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump, I genuinely believed that I could put a new pump on Arden without her waking up. Doesn't that sound like nice? 
Doesn't it give you an overall picture of something that's just easy and quick? Because it is. You know what else is easy and quick? Getting a free, no obligation demo of the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. That's right. If you go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box or click on the links to your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com, fill out the tiniest bit of information. I'm talking just like your name and address. The good people at Omnipod, the company who makes Arden's insulin pump, the one she has used for a decade, they would love to send you out a demonstration so that you can see if what you hear me talking about here on the podcast would ring true for you. The greatest thing, of course, that there's no obligation. If you don't want it, don't get more. But if you do want it, it is super simple. You just contact them back and say, hey, I love this demo and I want to get started and they'll help you do it myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox where the links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com if you're on social media facebook or twitter shout out omnipod and let them know you use it and you'll love it and you heard about it on the juicebox podcast and now back to ryan she doesn't want you to have the same experience with diabetes that she had that's beautiful honestly Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm very touched by that. So, so she really, she pulls herself out of all of her comfort zones and, and says to herself, I'm going to help Ryan. And in the, in the, in the, in the course of it ends up helping herself. What kind of an improvement, not that you need to speak for her too much, but what kind of an improvement is she seeing having switched from, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know numbers wise. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I know that, so I, I, I mean, I, I know it, I'm sure if, if I were to ask her how her A1Cs have done, I'm sure they're better. Like, they have to be. Um, uh, but um, what I do know is that, like, like I, I'm, I, I'm sh I how do I describe it? it, it it's, it's like she now, whereas in the past, she would want, she would tell me she always, she never wanted to drive under 150 because she'd be worried that she'd go too low. And she told me story. I now all the stories come out, and 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 so you know she so so she clearly was running very high for a lo for a long time because she was just nervous, you know, afraid of the insulin, afraid of being in the car, afraid of doing those things. Uh, and now she, you look at her graphs, and she's like hanging out at ninety, and you know she's like she's better than me. Um, it's just not, the fear. Not it's the fear. Like we, I mean, yeah. I can't I can't repeat myself too much, or the podcast will be be saying it the same thing over and over again, but. It, it 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 controls you at some point. You just you you make a decision that there's some number that means safety, and you can't try to be lower than that. But what she's learned is what everybody else has learned. If you can be steady at 150, you could be steady at 110. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. I I always think about that. Yeah, let let them battle it out at 110. Yeah, uh, that's where that's where yeah. the fight should happen with the insulin and the food. Arden, I'm having the best 24 hours with Arden's blood sugar. Oh. Um, but two days before Bye. that. It was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, and it turned, I think it was, I think I should have bailed on her infusion sooner. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I noticed that, that her pump was probably just not doing what I wanted it to do, which just usually means for whatever reason, your infusion is just not working really well, wherever your, where your pump is in. And instead I kind of, I thought, oh no, I'll take one more stab at it. And I should have changed it right then and there, and I didn't. And then I had a busy day, like me personally, where I had a lot of stuff going on, and I just wasn't paying as close of attention to it as I should have. And at the end of that 24 hours, when I said, no, this pump's got to come off, and I took it off, what I realized is all I had was two big peaks, y you know, and it looked, we were fighting against her blood sugar for the entire day. Mm -hmm. And then you get a, you know, put a new site on, and now everything's great, and now... I mean, honestly, overnight, 89 all night, you know, she gets up and drinks something on her way out the door. She goes to one, I think she's 119 now. It's just sitting there. It's just, it's perfect. Like it's, nice. yeah, but, but, but some, but can you imagine getting into a situation where you see like the, the 180 and you go, well, that's okay. You know, like, like I'm just going to leave it there because I got to drive the kids somewhere later and and then your body becomes accustomed to that 180 and and so it feels right and it just it's a it's mm -hmm. sad to think that do you feel do you ever now that you know what this is do you feel any guilt when she talks about that she stayed high for kind of safety's sake 
You shouldn't, I, but I wonder I if you do. I understand it. Yeah. I understand it in a way that I think if you would, I think when I first got diagnosed, I was, and I was, especially when I was in my honeymoon, I was a little bit hard on both of us in that, you know, oh, well, you know, you do, like, you know, why would you drink juice, which you should just take these glucose tablets, which you know exactly the number of carbs and it'll tell you exactly how much you're going to go up. And like, I, I, I think I, I even fell victim to it at the beginning during my honeymoon period where I thought I figured it all out. Mm-hmm. Um, then over time, you know, I, I, I start to see and, and sympathize in a way I think only somebody who has it or somebody who's caring for somebody who has it knows. Can understand. It's yeah. it, it isn't it interesting how how when when given the opportunity as adults, we always take a shot at our fat. We always look at our parents and be like, "See, I figured something out. You don't. I can know. do it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You've spent a lot of time telling me what to do." Well, get in line, honey, because now I know yeah. something. And then, but and it didn't take you too long to figure. I guess when your pancreas uh, sputtered out the rest of the way, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I, yeah, sorry. No, no, I just I interviewed somebody. It's not going to be up. It's not up yet. But he came on and he was so like, I am like, I let him go, and he was like, I'm really good at this. Well, but you're in your honeymoon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gave this great interview, and then he emailed me back like two months later, and he's like, maybe I should come on again, because... And I was like, yeah. Did it get harder? And he's like, yeah, it definitely did. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, they, they call it the honeymoon for a reason. I, I actually... I had my endo retest me twice. Thought you didn't have diabetes? I, I told her, I don't have diabetes. Yeah. I said, I said, you just... And we... I, I said, you, you sure you're doing that? I, I, I don't think it's the gene test they do. There's some sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know, the, the, the test that they do. And and I was like, you sure? Like, you sure? Yep. Do you want me to write it again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. My, I've told that story uh, for us personally, but it is one of my saddest moments when my, oh, friend, my, my friend's a pediatrician and I called him and I, I started out by saying, I'm wrong and I need you to stop me as soon as I start talking, but I have to say this out loud. I don't think Arden has diabetes. Yeah. And then he, you know, you could feel sadness in his silence. And he's like, no, Scotty, she does. And I was like, okay, because her blood sugar, they start going on like a lunatic for like the last two days, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah that, just, that happens. And I was like, oh, okay. That's the saddest thing. Like it yeah. really, it really is that, that moment even happens. You'll see as years go on, like you'll, you'll get a head cold or something. And for some reason, your blood sugar will just sit at 90 for two days because you're cold and it, it won't seem like it takes much insulin to move anything around. And you sort of forget you have it for a little while. And it, it just, well, then when, when the pendulum swings back again, you, for a second, you're like, oh boy, that, that was nice. Not really thinking about it for a couple of days like that, you know? Right, right. So tell me a little bit about, so, because you start off. You find the podcast pretty quickly, right? It, yeah, it seems yeah, like. I, I did. Yeah, I did, and and I so I I'm like I said I'm a big podcast junkie. So I um I I I, I went through a period of weight loss where I was uh, lost about eighty pounds and had a podcast that I loved through it. Um, and so I knew that like you know a, a good it's amazing what a good podcast or being connected to a good community can do. Like it's just the great greatest format. And so I, I said, I knew, I, I, I knew, or I hoped that something like this existed and sure enough, then I found this. Um, but actually when I first found it, I said to myself, my first reaction was, Oh, this is a, this is a podcast for kids with diabetes and this won't apply to me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like kids and parents and, you know, and, and I, I feel for them, but I, I almost, it almost felt like we had a different disease. Not, I mean, not, not obviously not, you don't, obviously we don't. It's the perspective, but it was like, but yeah, I get it. You know, the, the perspective is different. I'm, I'm caring for myself. I, I've basically, I've lived 27 years and, and now have to relearn. Um, but as I listened more and more, I, I realized that we're, whether you're a caregiver or you're you know, a young child or somewhere in between, it, we actually are all dealing with the same thing. Um, and so it, it's entirely relevant. Um, it, I mean, it's the same, it's the same mostly. And like, you know, I've had people on who are saying like, I want to be bold, but I live by myself. And I think, Oh, well, that is definitely different because if I completely, is, yeah. Yeah, if I completely bungle this, for Arden, I'm still here. You know, even right. if even if she's incapable, I'm still capable. Um, but it doesn't make the manage. Here's why I think it's. I don't want to say it's more. I don't want to say it's more valuable. I think a person with living with diabetes could could give the same advice too. But I can. 
I think if I was a mom, it might be different because my connection might be slightly different. But I think because I have enough of a, I'm a guy and I have enough of an ability to disconnect myself emotionally from things if I need to. Um, So when I'm managing Arden's blood sugar, I am most of the time able to look at her, not like the little girl that I love, but as something that needs to happen. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense or not. Like I can kind of remove a little bit of the emotion out of it and stick with the nuts and bolts of, of what has to happen. It does. And when, and when she goes low, you're not feeling crappy. I mean, not, not that you don't sympathize or empathize with her, but, but what I'm saying is that you can, you can kind of fight through that fog or you can fight through the fog of being high. I'm going to um, say something completely that I, I hope comes out the right way. Like I sometimes see moms online panicking when their kids are low. Uh-huh. I don't feel that way. Now, I don't know if the, it's, if it's a, you know, I don't know that it's a gender thing, but I do know it, it could just be an experience thing. They might not have as much experience with it, but I, you know, I, I saw a picture on Instagram the other day and there's stuff in this picture just strewn everywhere. There's clearly somebody had a low, like a pretty bad low and there's food and wrappers and, you know, like this whole thing looks like a, looks like a totally ty- it looks like a typhoon hit, hit a pharmacy, you know what I mean? And, um, and the person's in their post, I mean, they're devastated. And yeah. then I get to the end of the post and the kid's blood sugar was like 40. And I'm like, you panicked at 40. And uh, you know, like, I was like, I, I don't, that doesn't strike me that way. Like, like yeah. when my daughter's like, I'm dizzy, I'm shaky, like all that stuff's going on. I'm like, all right, well, this is what we do. Like do this, now do this, now do this, now wait, now test. Now, like, you know, it seems like more of a formula to me. I afterwards I might walk into my bedroom and you know scream into a pillow or something like that but but in the moment I don't have that feeling that that person described in that post like they were panicking right and um and I don't know maybe it maybe it's a timing thing maybe it's a little bit of all this mixed together I don't know what it is but I think that whatever it is whatever this podcast ends up being it's funny how when you make the thing you're the last person who understands exactly what it is but um, it all, it just seems to work for some reason. Right, uh, right. I, you give me type one diabetes. I might be really terrible at taking care of myself. I have no idea. Yeah. You know, I, uh, do, do you find that Arden though? So, so, I mean, so you talk about like being very methodical with, you know, when, when you have a low and I mean, I'm wondering if, if she has this experience, you or her have this experience, but like when, when you get low like that and it could be forties, it could be even fifties mm-hmm. and you start to get like the adrenaline rushing and you start to get like, I, you know, I need to eat, I need to eat everything in sight. Um, and you, you start panicking. Do you think like, like, have you ever noticed if, if you're not there to be with her and but go through it methodically? Like, will, will she do that? Cause I mean, I, I know I will part of the reason why, yes, if, if it's a 40, I know like my, in my logical brain that I can just treat this with a few sips of juice, but in my like primal, like adrenaline rushing, I'll just eat everything in the yeah, that, that's how you take a bite of the cabinet door by mistake. Yeah, yeah. Arden is in her when she gets in the fifties. She's funny. She gets whimsical and sarcastic. <laughs> it's very like whatever. I'll take care of it. If I die, I die. Like like it's a, it's a lot like that. Like she gets yeah. into a very kind of like mellow like what and it'll be. And I'm like Arden, you know, I really need you to pick something now because I don't want her to have to drink a juice. Like there are moments when. As a low's coming up, I'm like, you know, if you just ate something right now, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be in a panic situation ten minutes from now. Like, like now, and she gets that's that whimsical thing, like the just, you know, eh, it'll be fine. She starts like rummaging through drawers like slowly, and like I'm sitting there trying not to go, like trying not to say like go faster. Would you please go faster? And sometimes I do, and sometimes I'm like, I just I'm gonna pick something. If you don't pick something, and then she looks at me, and then the sarcasm. She's like, I got it, and I'm like, okay. But then once she hits that that spot that you're talking about, the tone changes immediately. She's now she's serious and she but she doesn't she she verbalizes it by saying, um, I'm I'm really dizzy or I'm really hungry. Like like it's it's just it, it becomes very like I need to there. And that's when her her diabetes fight or flight kicks in and she starts eating things. When you get to that point, the problem is you stop thinking about like what food or what liquid is most valuable in this situation. Now that's just like whatever's in, I notice whatever's in front of her is what she grabs. True. And like, sometimes yeah. I'll be like, honey, that's not going to work fast enough. 
I, I do have that. Yeah, like, like I'll just eat bread or crackers. That's right, not gonna, that's right. Not, yeah, so that's not going to do me any good. You have three pieces of bread. All that means is you're going to pass out on the floor and wake up 45 minutes later. Go, oh, oh the bread worked. And, and, you know, so, um, and so she loses her ability to, like, choose the right thing. And then there's where some be- someone being with you. And having said that, this does not happen a lot with us. But it's not to say that it won't at some point or that, you know, this when we start handing her off is, you know, that more and more care to her that she's not going to have more problems than we had. You, you know what I mean? Like there's it's frightening. I Excuse me. I know how your mom feels. Yeah. Because, well, and, and, I, yeah. and my wife has been in that in that caregiver situation, too. And, you know, she so my wife is a Dexcom follower for me and mm-hmm. she's. She's always been very active. She's at all my appointments. She comes to everything, and she she she, she listens to the podcast. She really tries to learn it, um, and um, so, so so she's doing that for me to some extent. But you know, it, it, obviously, it's a different relationship just because she's not with me all the time. But I I, I get what she calls the, the the Katie glucose alerts when when Dexcom goes to a certain level. She'll text me and be like, "This is my you know, <laughs> your Dexcom can alarm, but when I <laughs> when I alarm." Then you got to do something about it. Ryan, we have bills, <laughs> and I count on you to pay some of them. So can you please eat something really quickly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to take the love out of this, but um, my car payment. You know what I mean, buddy? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it's, I think that's a very interesting relationship, the, the spouse. Uh-huh. Like, because you see some people um, who get, like, super involved. You know, I, I spoke to somebody once who was the husband of somebody who his wife had type one and she was just thrilled for his help. You know what I mean? And he enjoyed right. helping her. And I've seen some people say, I don't tell my spouse anything about this. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's private more the way your mom was. It's private and I don't talk about it with them. Um, I know people personally who, um, their spouse will come to me and say, I really wish they would tell me more about this, but the person just won't. Like they just, they've had diabetes for so long and it's just not something they've ever shared with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see when it's a longer, when it's a longer term thing, or maybe they've had it before they met the person. I, I, I can see that, that, that all, that definitely plays a role. In it, it always yeah. makes me wonder because the person I'm thinking of is not, it's not bad, but it's not the greatest manager of it. Um, and I wonder, I, I've wondered before, like what, what must it feel like to have had something for 20 or 30 years and still be struggling with it like it must be embarrassing to just say out loud like you know like like i've had 30 years of this and i still don't know and it's not their fault because just like we talked about earlier no tools no direction you know not somebody not giving you the right advice and it's just it's you know life's repetitive like you got to get up in the morning you got to keep going you know i don't know everything i'm supposed to know and but i still get through my days but you know the things that i'm talking about don't you know, don't give me side effects from a disease. So, right. you know, right. but, but it still happens. It's still, you still get by, um, even though there, you know, you could be doing something better, but you just can't imagine what that thing is. And nobody seems to be able to tell you what it is. Right. So that's, that's sort of what the podcast means to me. Like really is I just don't, I, it, it makes you sad to think that that's, that that's happening. It's somebody sitting and struggling and, I don't know, you know, in, in a very simplistic way, I feel like there's somebody in my backyard in a hole and I have a ladder and I'm just, you know, if I don't, why would I not go out and throw the ladder in the hole? Like, why am I, why am I looking out my window going, who's a guy in a hole out there? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, you, you know, like, like, yeah, just, he'll, he'll be all right. Somebody else, will, he'll figure it out. It, it just, to me, this is the information that's, that you just have to tell people. Like if you, if you're not going to pass it on, it's wrong. Like, you know, like now that, you know, if you ever meet somebody with type one, like I want you to go tell somebody like not forget the podcast, you tell them what you figured out. You, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's how my, my overarching goal is that one day, if we do this enough, that there won't be endos and doctors that give incomplete information and start this cycle over and over again, because that's all that's happening here is that there's a cycle that happens it restarts every day with somebody's diagnosis. Right. And then right. one, one day we're going to have more people telling people, more, more doctors telling patients good information than bad, and that should swing, that should swing everything to the, to the other side. That's my, my little goal for the podcast. I hope so. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. But it's, uh, I, 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 
I, I've always been impressed with the community. I, I and and I think before you have something like this, you hear community and you think, you know, you do the walk, you do this, you know, you do, the, you know, you know, you raise money. These are all good things, but but it, it, you're you're so right about how it could. It's like the guy you throw him. There's like really throwing somebody somebody ladder. Yeah. And uh, you know, my my mom says that this podcast. She, she sometimes she, she'll like she'll like call me and it's like, how does he know what's in my head? <laughs> like he's he's saying exactly what I you know that's exactly what I do and and now that I hear somebody say it I'm not going to feel bad about it anymore, um because you know and, you know and, and things like that is it's something as simple as that just hearing somebody do what you already do, um is 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 great you know that like I, I you know we talk about stacking a lot uh, you you talk about stacking a lot how that, I remember when I was diagnosed everybody I talked to warned me about stacking 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 ter- stacking careful about stacking don't want to stack 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 stack. And now I think we all agree that you got to be careful. I mean, insulin will get will get you in trouble. But you know, if you're doing something and it's, you're rising out and out of control, you, you do need you can do something about it with a pump. Uh, maybe less so with injections. Um, but um, you know, that was an example of something where every time I added more insulin on top, I felt like I was <laughs> I was breaking all these rules. And then I listened to your I think it was one of the earlier episodes where where you were just like you know uh, you know if we go above 150, let's just add a little bit more and. What's the worst that could happen? I'm fascinated when someone gets the 300 and 400. They're like, well, we bolused two hours ago. And the doctor says that the insulin could take three to four. I'm like, what are we talking about? Oh, I'll tell you what we're talking about. Dexcom. Bonus points for longtime listeners who saw this coming. Heard me say, what are we talking about? And thought, Scott's going to put a Dexcom ad right here. You've leveled up to a platinum listener. I don't know what you're going to do with that information, but congratulations. The Dexcom Continuous Glucose Monitor. Got my hands curled up really tight, and I'm thinking to myself, what is left for me to do to explain to you how incredibly valuable the data that comes back from the Dexcom is? I was just saying to someone today privately on the phone, please stop thinking of a CGM as just something that tells you when your blood sugar is getting low. It is so much more than that. The information that comes from your Dexcom CGM is the cornerstone. It is the foundation of how you make decisions about your insulin. Those decisions control highs and lows. They allow you to do things like temp basaling to stop a, you know, an 85 blood sugar that's drifting down instead of eating food that you don't want. The information allows you to say, you know what, I'm 130 and my blood sugar's rising a little bit. I bet if I just put a tiny bit of insulin right here, I could get right back to 90 again. Just bumping and nudging your blood sugar. No giant boluses that end up with lows later. Dexcom, it's where that information comes from. I can't stress it enough. I'm running out of ways to say it. Go to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in your show notes or at juiceboxpodcast.com. Get started today with a tool that is gonna change your life. I didn't even have time to mention that you can see your loved one's blood sugars from anywhere in the world. And bring that up. Oh, and by the way, if you're listening and you're from Dexcom, I am totally not running out of ways to say this. Please keep advertising. I'm fascinated when someone gets the 300 and 400. They're like, well, we bolused two hours ago. And the doctor says that the insulin could take three to four. I'm like, what are we talking about? Just get your blood sugar down. Like, I, 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 I think this podcast at some point is going to just devolve into me going, blood sugar high, more insulin. <laughs> yep. Because it just... It just, it made sense. It makes sense. I mean, I get not being able to pull the trigger because like you said, that word stacking is so scary. Well, my God, it's, 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 it's it, the, the connotation that's put on it by the time you leave the doctor's office, stacking is like, I, don't, don't shoot a person is what it feels like. You know, like it's, <laughs> you're going to die if you do that. And okay. On the first day, you know what I mean? But on the on the second day and the third day, when it keeps happening, it keeps happening. Like, does it not occur to anyone that that means you don't have enough insulin? Um, and it's it's funny because you have to have a real success with a bolus before you know, hey, this really could work. You know, like, like the first time that I gave my daughter Chinese food and her blood sugar didn't go over 90 that doesn't tell me I got lucky that time. That tells me that that's possible, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. and so if her blood sugar is now 150 after Chinese food, for instance, 
I did something wrong. I mistimed it or I didn't use enough or a combination of those two ideas. And, and there's something else I could continue to do. Like I get that people don't want to be low on the backside, but I think what they, what, what people end up missing is <clears throat> when it's happening to you the first time and you eat something, your blood sugar shoots way up and then you wait three hours and it gets really low that's not because you use too much insulin. It's because you mistimed that insulin. It might actually be the exact amount of insulin that you needed, but you just didn't use it in the correct timing format. Um, when you can get that idea into your mind, like 10 units was enough, I just needed the pre-bolus. And then the spike wouldn't have happened. And when the spike doesn't happen, then that insulin gets used up fighting with the blood sugar. And then there is no low later. Or if there's a low, it's a it's a drifting low. It's not a crashing, falling low. Um, man, when you start feeling, when that starts making sense to you, this whole thing just it gets easier. You, you, you know what I mean? Like it, like real quickly. Because even when right. something still goes wonky, you're not lost as to why it went wonky. You kind of you still feel in your heart like, oh, I know what I did, and so I can make another another move without panicking. I guess. Yeah. Do you yeah. find that? Uh, I I do I do I think I think it's I I, what I was going to say is that it, you know it's of course always easier said than done um, sure. and yeah, I mean you'll be the first to admit that you know you have good days and you have bad days um, I, I found actually what what I found is that um, I uh, uh, with so just being a working person working eight to five in an office setting um, I travel every week for work. So I'm mm-hmm. always on the road on airplanes internationally. And so, so it, it, um, like it, it, it requires a level of concentration to do that. That is sometimes hard. Th- that's, I think the biggest barrier that I have to that, like all of that, all of that works if you're able to be on top of it mm-hmm. all of the time, which, you know, sometimes you go into an important meeting with your boss or something like that. And then, you know, you're, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've gotten pretty good about the, 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 like put the PDM really low and make my Omnipod updates without anybody seeing it. But yeah. it, you know, it's, it's, there are some times where you're just like, no, I cannot deal with my diabetes right now. Well, um, because do you feel, is it because you're, you know, you're going to be judged and even if it's quietly or subconsciously by another person, you still, do you think you still to them look I don't, I don't, I'll search for a better word. Do you look broken? Like, or weak or like something like, do you think in a business situation that puts them in a situation? They're like, Oh, I'm, I'm above because I can see that making perfect sense. You know, it's not that. No, it's it's not that. Um, I, I, at least I've never, I I could see how somebody would feel that way. I've never felt that. Mm -hmm. Um, what I've felt is that actually it, it sometimes I just don't feel like going through the whole story. Um, because when I have gone through the story, um, people are curious and, and, and oftentimes they're very nice it's people I work with, you know, we're, you know, we're very close and, but, but then you go through like, Oh, so what can't you eat? Or the next time we're together at a, you know, I, I was speaking with somebody about this and the next time we were together at an office event, I, I, I went to, I, I, I pre, I was so excited. I pre bolused for, uh, for, um, for this, like these fried chicken bites that we were having, which are covered in sauce. And it was like, and they were looking at me like, can you have that? You know, and for, like very, very, like very trying to be helpful Kindly, and yeah. like understanding. But it's like, you know, I like, I, where do I even begin? Like, I want to eat gonna, the chicken, not explain it to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it comes from a good place. Sure. But, um, but it, you know, it, it's just, it's just like, and, and, and then, um, you know, and then I, like I, I've had also, I keep my, my pump and my Dexcom on my arms and I've had people, like, you know, you know, tap you on the arm, like, "Oh, hey, you know, good job or good to see you." And then, "Oh, what's that?" And and I'll always tell them, "Oh, it's insulin pump." And um, but you know, I I, I have to gauge with the person how far you want to get into it because yeah. there's a lot of misinformation out there, and it's just some people just <laughs> are not equipped to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know, and I'm I'm hearing what you're saying. You don't, you can't spend. 15 minutes every time somebody grabs your arm and says hello to you explaining right. diabetes to them it just it almost feels like you should do what we did in in when Arden was in elementary school just bring everyone together one time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. give them the whole talk and be like all right 
I appreciate yeah. your love. Get away from me. And <laughs> let me go live my life. Listen, when someone taps you on the arm and says, what's that? You just get real quiet and go, I'm a drug mule. And <laughs> just, yeah, I'm sure they'd love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, well, not at work. Maybe somewhere yeah, at home. It, but, it's hard enough going through, uh, you know, so at, at, uh, at, at airports, the, uh, I, I typically don't go through the machine where you have to put your arms up and you get scanned. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, but when you do go through those, um, you get randomly selected for them. Of course, your devices show up, and you know, that that's hard enough there. And you know, some, sometimes they're understanding, and they just they just breeze by. And other other times, it you know it takes a little bit more conversation. They're getting better though. Do you ever get pulled uh, aside? Arden gets pulled aside, and she gets swabbed every time. Um, no, I don't. I don't think I have. So no. we tell them up front. We just say, hey, she's got an insulin pump, and they pull her through, and they take her off the other side. But then they swab it to make sure there's no explosives in it. Ah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. And I can, <laughs> this is, yeah, yeah. This is the world, huh? So, okay, yeah, let's make sure I'm not willing to blow up my 12-year-old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, with, 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 her, with your 100 units. Of, yeah, with uh, my 100 <laughs> units of anything. I don't think there's enough yeah. of anything in there to do any damage to anybody. I actually get more worried that, you know, when they do the, when they do the pat-downs, they, like, you know, they, they, they move their arms across your arms or across your legs, and they I actually get worried off. they'll just... You know, they'll rip out my Dexcom or they'll yeah. move the pod off. That's interesting. It's like a lot of force, but sometimes they like. No, no, no. I hear what you're saying. Like, you just, everything, you, but you know, it's funny is in the last couple of minutes, what you've characterized is I go to the airport. I'm worried about whether my stuff might get ripped off or if this is going to happen or if I talk to him about this when I'm at work. If someone touches my arm, then I, I have to decide like how much of this do I want to, it's, it's a lot of thinking about it that I wonder how much of it is. I don't even know what to say about that. Like, but I, I see it's a burden for like it can be a burden for for an adult for certain. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, burden. Burden is a burden is one word. I, I mean, I think I, I I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm an optimist about it. So I you know I I'm I'm very hopeful, and I I know that closed loop is coming, and these things are getting smaller, and I, I'm very I'm I'm not holding my breath for it, but I know it's happening. Dancing for Diabetes spreads awareness through the art of dance. They do this to better educate the community, to raise funds to find a cure, and to inspire those with diabetes to live healthy and active lives. Please find out more. Go to dancingfordiabetes.com. That's dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. There's also links in your show notes. Um, but also, I mean, I, I think that, that um, I mean, if I, I know a lot of parents of young kids listen and are probably like you are thinking about, you know, what happens to my kids as they grow up and they're entering the workforce. And now I, I, I didn't have this in college. I developed this later in life, but you know, I, I had pretty much the most demanding work schedule. I think, you know, that you could have. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was able to bounce back into it. So, you know, regular travel back and forth to India, regular travel back and forth to the central and Latin America. Um, you know, every Monday through Thursday, I'm out and back in hotels and so it's it's a it's a lot um but uh i'm in i mean i'm in technology consulting um but i learned to adapt and and i and i and that's why i'm I'm optimistic if i can do it because anybody can do it oh i believe that i certainly do believe that i don't think that i don't think that it's as limiting as some people get scared that it is it's just it's just more pre-planning it's you know it's it's like it's when you hear chris freeman talk about you know, cross country skiing in the Olympics with diabetes. Crazy, all it, it? all he says about it is, you just have to plan ahead. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, is that I, it? <laughs> I don't, I, that's great. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've listened to some of your episodes on that. I, that is crazy. I, I you know, it's <laughs> like I'm not cross country skiing. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's like I'm just trying to get on a plane. <laughs> Flew to Chicago. That's all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but you know, all the little logistical things, and and I think what what I've what I've tried to start doing too is. Um, you know, so for example, when my mom travels, she, you know, she, she has like half of a suitcase devoted to supplies mm-hmm. and, you know, like 20 supplies here and supplies here and supplies here. And I, I've tried to get a little more tactical with the way I'm traveling and that it, um, so, so for example, when I went to India, I've been to India a few times since I got diagnosed and, and that I knew it's not easy in India, especially where I was to go get the insulin I need or get a, get a, you know, get, get the caps that fit my pens. So I brought a lot with me, mm-hmm. but when I'm in Chicago or when I'm in Boston, I, I can kind of dial it back a little bit, you know, and I can 
use that part of my brain to worry about something else. Yeah. Uh, I think and, that that's a, if you're, if you're solvent enough with your money, if you have a little bit of cash and you have insurance, you can't panic too much about it. Like I, I, I told my, I remember this when I first met my wife and she was packing up to go back to college and she had all of this stuff with her. Like, you know, she was just bringing toothpaste and like all this. I said, where, where do you go to college? And you're like, is it on Mars? Because <laughs> there's a grocery store probably like near your school. Right. And, yeah. and like, you could just go in there and buy toothpaste instead of transporting toothpaste across state lines, which seems like a lot of effort. And she had her explanation. Like, she's like, I just like knowing it's all there. Plus my mom pays for it. If I buy it at home, I'm like, well, that makes sense. But there is that overwhelming feeling a lot that I find myself a couple of times a year saying to someone in my family, we're in America. We're not going somewhere where we can't get this. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 you know, some people are more rural than others and I get that, but in a lot of hubs and a lot of like, you know, coastal like cities, if you have insurance and 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 a Mac card, you should probably be okay. You know, so, but at the same time, we fly to islands, we we vacation on St. John, not frequently, but when we go away to somewhere warm, that's where we go. And when we do that, Ryan, I could keep 10 diabetics alive for two weeks with the (laughs) stuff I bring. Like I am literally in my own endocrinology uh, department when I get there. And I, so I, I get your mom, like there is that over, like it is just an overwhelming feeling. Like I'll bring 10 pods with me for a week. Right. Right. And that's. You know, that's a month's worth of pods. I've brought four times as many pods as I need, but I still get like, well, what if that this happens? Or in the very beginning, we split them up into two different bags because we were like, well, what if one of the bags gets lost? I, I that was my mom's recommendation to me. Yeah, that's right? uh, I uh, yes, I've heard, I've heard of this technique. Yeah, all the panic in the world, like you know what I mean? Production. Yeah, yeah. Now we just throw enough in a carry on, but like what I do is I take enough for the week in a carry on, and then the rest gets packed away. And then so, and it's very simple, like it, but it, at the same time, there's a great episode earlier on from a person who has type one, uh, whose daughter, daughter, oh my God, my memory, her kid has type one and they travel constantly. And to listen to how easily she travels with it is like inspiring. Like she's just like, ah, it's no big deal, but that's oh, her, I listen to that. yeah, I yeah, didn't but hear that. that's her comfort level with travel though. You, I, you know what I mean? This is a, a seasoned traveler. And so right. they don't have all the other stress that that goes along. Like my mom just flew out to Arizona for, out of uh, Newark the other day, and you're from around here. Like uh, you'll hear people bad mouth it. I've almost never had a bad experience flying in out of Newark. It's always just fine. You know what I mean? It's not, not it's not great, but it's fine. I get off the I get off the ground, and my mom's like, you know, her flight leaves at four, and I was like, you know, what time do you want me to get up there? She's like, I don't know, noon. I'm like, noon. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you making a life? I was like, like you know, like what if, what if we got you there around two, and then you could feel the panic because she doesn't fly very often, right. you know. And I was like, I think two will be okay. How about one thirty? Would that make you happy? And you know, and then she's an hour sitting in chairs waiting for a plane to take off. And it, I don't know. I think some people travel the the travel itself freaks them out. Um, Ryan, you were coming up on an hour, so I just wanted to make sure we we hit things that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, I so I I had so I, I I was thinking about you know what I I wonder what what Scott will ask me, but then also what what's something that I've thought a lot about, mm-hmm. which is is it easier to be diagnosed younger or later in my case? And I, I just think it's I, I don't think there's a right answer to that question. Sure. I think that it's just something I've always thought about. Each what, one, you know, as a I was going to say each one has its, you know, I like, here's one you could say, like, if you're diagnosed sooner, earlier, when you're younger, then maybe all this just feels like your life. And yep. right. But at the same time, you also have, like, I remember somebody telling me one time, like, oh, type ones, don't worry about this. Type ones don't develop like, like long-term like problems till they feel like 30 years. And I'm like, well, then she'll be 32. I was like, wait, well, how is that comforting? You, right. you know? And so at the same time, if, if any of that holds true, you might get into your late fifties before you have an issue while my daughter might have to live the bulk of her life with a problem if she has one. And so there is no good answer. I think that you could break it down into, even if you want to try to say psychologically, like, well, when I have it, it feels normal to me, but that's to somebody 
who through a ton of good luck, you know, good doctors, good support, whatever, maybe is having a decent time with it. But what about the person who's diagnosed at two, whose mom looks at them and goes, I don't know what to do about this. You know what I mean? And by the time you're 18, you're, you're in renal failure. Like what would that person, you know what I mean? Like, and at least you as an adult, you could take control. Like a seven-year-old can't take control. You know what yeah. I mean? But at the same time, you live 25 years without diabetes. That's got to suck extra double. Like, like that's, that's like being born with sight and going blind. It, right. like, 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 I almost made it. Yeah. Like, I almost made it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think about it, too, in the sense that like, you're, you're relearning to do a lot of things that you took for granted. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's like you, you basically you, you become a kid again because you're thinking, you know, you, what am I eating? When am I eating? Well, of course, sleeping is all changed. You know, my, I don't get the same sleep as I used to. And I, right. you know, I, it, it, it's, it's all very different. And so that, you know, and, and I agree there, like each one has its, each one has its perks. Differences. If you can um, call them that. <laughs> well, I, I think of life in a very oddly incremental way. Excuse me. What I mean by that is like, even when I was a teenager, I was like, well, when I was 16, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was like, I can drive. Like, okay. And then, like, I guess the next thing to try to live for is 21. Like, now, and who knows why? Now I'm 21. I voted in there at 18. That was kind of cool. And then you get to that, like, you know, when some people get cancer when they're younger, it happens to them in their 30s. So when you get to your end of your 30s, you're like, oh, I'm not going to be one of those people who gets cancer in their 30s. Like, I know this might sound ridiculous. Totally how my brain works. And then I get into my 40s, and I'm like, oh, I'm not divorced yet. This is cool. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, maybe I'm going to be one of those people who doesn't get divorced. And then a couple of your friends get divorced. And I'm like, oh, this is great because it betters my odds. And like, because everyone you know, Ryan's not going to get divorced. So the more of your friends who get divorced, the better your odds are. Makes no sense. Absolutely how my brain works. And so like, even when I see somebody die, I'm like, whoo wasn't me. We're not all going to die. And like, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I don't know why that is, uh, but I do a, a small portion of that. I think I do. I use when I'm talking. When I'm thinking about Arden, like I got her through her like eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years without her like just being burdened by this. And now, can I get her through this like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen without her rebelling against it so much that she just this all goes away? Like all this, you know, the health suffers. And then what about when she's 16 and 17 doesn't want me involved anymore? Like how am I, how's that handoff, that slow handoff of diabetes going to go? And what about when she leaves for college? Like it's, it's funny as a, as a person in my mid forties, now I just think of things like, I just need to live until black Panther comes out. Like those are my like new, like like <laughs> adult goals, like you know what I mean. Like I really do want to see that Star Wars movie. Maybe I'll just eat a little better, you know, and like that kind of stuff. But for her, the segments are so close. It's it's you know there are, there seem like there are so many. Like I almost feel like I'm running a race with hurdles where I don't have enough time to get my feet under me again before I have to jump again. And um, it, it, when I was just thinking about it for myself, it was just like it was whimsical BS, you know, like oh I just need to make it till now and now. Uh, but with her, it seems like there's a new goal. And I know people can find that it does feel overwhelming because it feels like you can never relax. Yeah, and that's something I hear people talk about a lot. Like every time I get this thing figured out, something changes. Right. Um, and I, I have a lot of empathy for that because that is a, that is a terrible feeling like that you're never going to, it's almost like cleaning your house or doing the laundry. You're yeah. Just, it, you know, it never ends. Yeah. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, I'm a big believer that everybody is dealing with something, you know, everybody has is struggling with something, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously some things are more severe than others. And, uh, but you know, there, there are, uh, you, 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 we, we have to have this on our mind. Um, but you know, there are other things that we don't have on our mind that other people do. And so, and, um, uh, you know, that's, I, and, um, uh, so that you so you know it, it's um you know to to think that people are going to think that it, it's easy for somebody who struggled like like for example last night when I was up at three a.m. to think that other people are sleeping soundly and everything is hunky dory for everybody who doesn't have type one diabetes. You know, uh, everybody has to has to overcome things. Yeah, somebody's uh, got something else, and even and if it's not your health, it's something else or. 
you, yeah. you don't know. It could be money. It could end up being, you know, it could be domestic violence. Like there's a lot of things. Everyone's got something. What yeah. you hope, what uh, in my mind is what you hope for is you don't get too many somethings. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because then those are the people who really they they get under a weight that, that, I mean, how do you climb out of it? Like, what do, what do you do if you wake up in the morning, you have diabetes and your husband hits you, you, you know, right. like, like, wow, what do I do now? You, you know what I mean? What if you're being harassed at work and you have, you know, can you imagine going to work trying to like deal with your diabetes and you know, you're going to be sexually harassed by your boss at some point during the day. You might just be like, this is the best job. It's terrible. And, and you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are people who deal with things like that. Of you course. Know? And yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. No, no, no. I, I, I definitely, I hear what you're saying. It's uh, oh. I think it's important to remember that too, especially when you hear, like sometimes when you see people lash out online, like, you know, something happens and they're like, you know, put up a picture of candy and they're like, I'm trying to give myself diabetes or my kid's diabetes. You're like, that's insulting and stupid. And at the same what? time, I, I, you ever see that? Like, like no. somebody, oh, you've never seen someone put up a photo of food. They're eating so much food and they say something like trying to get diabetes. You know, I, you're busy I, working, I, I Ryan. Stay offline. I, I, <laughs> I have but I understand. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh yeah. Well, I, I have people who tell me, yeah. Oh, oh, so you, you ate too much sugar, right? That's why you got diabetes. Yeah, thanks a lot. But the point is, is that I always, when I see that going on, I think like what sadness is in that person that this is like even a way they would express themselves. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the, maybe we gotta, maybe we have to cut them a break too, because this is not something that a that a comfortable, happy person says out loud. So, right. you, you, you know what I mean. Right. So, we're up on an hour, and I have to I have to jump and do something else. So, I would love to keep talking because this has been really great. But uh, I'm going to let you go and say thank you. Thank you so much to Elizabeth Forrest. Elizabeth is the founder of Dancing for Diabetes. She wants you to know that they will continue to serve until a cure is found. Go to dancingfordiabetes.com to find out more about this great organization that's doing so much. And when you're done with that, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get started today with the greatest CGM and the most amazing tubeless insulin pump. You will not be sorry. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the great reviews and ratings that I've seen on iTunes recently. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And look for a bonus episode in a couple of days. It's just going to be a quick one about how you can enter a contest. You'd like to win something for free. I know you would. And this contest is going to help other people listening to the podcast. Keep being bold with insulin, and I'll see you next week.